0: Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Uh, my name is Wayne Highlander. I'm the National Sales Manager for Bona Adhesives.
1: And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. Rob, sad week for you this week, I know. One of your oh, mentors. Oh, it is uh, it's a somber week, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the passing of uh, an American legend. I, yep. That's all I think. He's, he was more than a musician, Mr. Yeah. Charlie Daniels. Charlie was, Daniels. Oh, what a what a sad! Today's his wife's birthday too.
0: Oh man, it's too bad.
1: Yeah, he just passed a couple of days ago. What a, what a terrible! Him and his wife, or is I say that right? He and his wife, him and his wife, his wife and he, they were married for fifty six years.
0: That's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, wife's name was Hazel. Really well, nice. And I know you met him at one time. Oh my God! Well, let's. Let's get, let's talk about that. Before we do that,
0: before we get into this, I want everybody to to, to, not, to to know what this episode is about first. Today, we're going to be talking with Joe Mosaic with Kapalua couple of floors up in Michigan. And this is going to be a really good, this is very timely, this, um, this episode we're going to do about the uh, business today and what have you. But, but go ahead, tell me about your Charlie Daniels story first.
1: Well, there's a music festival that they have out here in the Albany area every year called Country Fest a friend of mine he's uh, head of security for Country Fest he's a cop so he calls me up and for years I worked stage security at Country Fest so I was it man I was the last line of defense if somebody had got past the barriers the state police the town police another set of barriers and finally climbed up on stage it was my job to take him out
0: how comforting that must have been for him
1: I told you there was two layers of police in front of that, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was more of a figurehead. Anyways, um, we're working that Charlie Daniels is part of that country fest that one day. And uh, I actually brought my daughter and she, my youngest one, Rebecca. She used to help serve the stars and the acts and everything lunch. So she's serving lunch and all of a sudden she sees Charlie Daniels. Now she's probably 10 or 12 at the time and as Charlie's coming through the line, she says, uh, Mr. Daniels, my dad just loves you. He thinks you're the greatest, and he makes us listen to your music all the time. I love the way she said I make them listen to the music, and Charlie says to her, well, darling, that's just the sweetest thing. Is you, if you're his daddy here, tell him to come on back to my bus and and meet me, so anyways, I get the call when I'm on stage, and They say, hey, Charlie Daniels wants you to come back to the bus and meet him. I'm like, yeah, right, sure he does. So, finally, the guy who was running the show, he comes and he grabs me. He goes, hey, they're serious, you know. So, I go back to Charlie Daniels' bus. His manager there, he lets me on the bus. And there's Mr. Daniels, kind of half sitting on his couch, cowboy boots off, drinking a Budweiser, watching NASCAR. (laughs) Uh, it was just such a classic classic moment and he goes to stand up and I said no 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 please don't please don't stand up I I went over I shook his hand and I said sir it's just been an honor to meet you today and uh, I have just enjoyed your music for 30 plus years and it's just a great day and you know thank you very much I shook his hand and got out of there as fast as I could but the guy couldn't have been nicer and more gracious. He had mentioned how cute my daughter was and everything. But um, the the best part of the day was he was out, he was doing the fiddling and, you know, he was playing and just the crowd's going nuts. And he turns, he looks at me and he points his bow at me and gave me kind of a wink and a smile. And uh, I'll just never forget it and just never forget what a, What an awesome guy he was and, you know, took the time out of his day to meet, you know, a person he's never met in his life. But, uh, you know, I was reading a lot about him over the past couple of days. And it's amazing how many people have a story like that, have the same story of how they met Charlie Daniels and what a great guy he was. And, you know, just takes the time to to meet people. So, um, man, Pauline and I have seen him almost every year since bum was born and bum was born in 88 so wow we've we've seen him a lot enjoyed his music all over the and i've seen him all over the country so it's uh it was a sad 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 week yep
0: yep it's too bad he was a great great guy great patriot as they say and uh, uh happy trails to charlie daniels don't follow that joe yeah sick. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: let me try to beat so, that story
1: yeah so, uh, <laughs> all
0: right so let me let me introduce joe uh Do a little joe-
2: singing joe right <laughs> i'll grab my fiddle real quick and see how oh that'd be <laughs> awesome
0: all right so uh, joe is a contractor up in uh, michigan capalua floors am i pronouncing that correctly
2: it's capalua but that's okay
0: Kapalua. okay yeah. and um so t- first of all tell us a little bit of background about yourself joe
2: Uh, so I have been in the flooring industry business since, uh, 2002 started my business when I was 22 years old. Um, just enough gumption and, uh, I don't know, testosterone to be stupid enough to think I could own my own business at a very young age. And, uh, I've been doing it ever since, man. So I've been in the industry a long time. I don't know, I guess a long time, whatever it seems like a long time to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've been doing wood flooring, um, Probably up until about 09, I did all the uh, I did all the work myself and just being a helper. And then um, in 09, we decided to expand and ended up with uh, quite a few employees, had a, a salesperson for a while and um, kind of scaled some things back here recently in a couple of years. But, you know, business is going good. Can't complain. Life's good.
0: Good Good to hear that. Uh, so the, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you, Joe, is that, you know, uh, obviously with uh, what, what's going on in the business today, a lot of businesses have changed. Uh, a lot of ways we do business have, has is going to has changed, and maybe uh, maybe some things will be for the better. Uh, but um, you know, when guys went, uh, you know, from normal everyday business to just, just like completely stopped, and now a lot of guys are going 90 miles an hour again, and some guys are still slow across the country. So what what have you you know? How has your business changed first of
2: all since this has happened? Sure. Um, so you know, I I, I can only speak for myself. I don't know what position everybody else is in, but um, you know, I'm in a situation where my wife works full-time and I would guess maybe a lot of contractors in this situation where my wife's the one that she works for a bank and she's the one that kind of handles she has the health insurance for our family and um, has a pretty demanding job but we got two small kids at home so I got a three and a half year old and a daughter that just turned one and so when all this happened it ended up being a weird situation where next thing you know, I'm like a stay at home dad, (laughs) uh, like out of the blue. Um, So it was really imperative for me to try to figure out ways to, um, you know, because our whole state was shut down, you couldn't send kids to daycare or anything. Um, And our parents were the ones that were like watching our kids, my older parents, they're, you know, in their 70s. So obviously, you guys know from the whole COVID thing, it's a pretty, you know, debilitating for people that are older, right? Mm -hmm. High death rate stuff um so they were like hey we can't watch the kids anymore you know whatever so totally understood um but the great part about all that stuff is it maybe changed a lot of the ways that we were we were doing business so i think one of the biggest changes i made was i i really started using zoom a lot which i don't know if i don't know if you've heard a lot about that wayne like guys using it or um, yeah but for for the benefit of uh we use zoom as well but maybe just kind of explain a little bit what zoom is okay so zoom is a way it's a, it's a free service which is if you keep your meetings under like 30 minutes um, it's basically free so I'm I'm using it for free right now but it's a way for you to do a teleconference and so what we've done and now that we're back to work our state's opened up again um, I'm still in a little bit of a, a conundrum with our kids where you know now we're a little nervous about sending them to the daycare so I've been using Zoom a lot to do these video conferences as preliminary estimates and My thought process behind that and, you know, Wayne used to be a contractor, so you probably have experienced this. You ever like go to a job site and you walk in and you talk to the homeowner and I swear to God, within like five minutes, you can just go like, I know I'm not getting this job. Mm -hmm, I don't know what it is, but I just (laughs) had that feeling like, I've just given this lady or guy a number and I'm just wasting my time. Wayne has
1: never had that thought ever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Every job (laughs) Wayne ever did an estimate for he knew in his heart he owned that job. And if he didn't get it, he would drive by the house, throw eggs and stuff at it. I mean, he knew. he No, Joe, he never, never. Wayne's just that good life. of
2: a salesman. He's just that, yeah. he's just that 100% close rate. Exactly. You know,
0: but you said something there that, uh, yeah, you knew you weren't getting it or also you knew you didn't want it.
2: Right. Right. In
0: the first five minutes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like, yeah, you walk in, you know, we're not doing this one. Um, or you just want to deal with the customer or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so the way I've used it is like a filtering mechanism to where basically what I do is I have, we talk, you know, my assistant talks to the clients, tells them we're going to do a preliminary zoom meeting as a way to social distance and, and, you know, protect everyone. Um, and then we'll do just a, a preliminary meeting and kind of have them, you know, they can do it on their phone um you know flip the camera around kind of show us show me the project or whatever um and then what i do is you know a lot of i just ask them to give me some rough numbers or have like a rough idea of what um you know what size job it is or what they want to have done and then based on those numbers i just send them a preliminary estimate so and then you know we just say hey if if it looks like it falls inside your budget or whatever then i'll go out and meet with them in person so um and the way I, I mean, basically now with my in-person meetings, they're like a hundred percent close rate right? because the people already know what the number is. They've met me. We got a chance to talk through the project. You know, I go through all the sales part of the appointment, trying to, you know, sort of pitch them on how good we are. And, um, you know, we just walk, walk in there and I'll remeasure the job and make sure their measurements were accurate. If there's any adjustments, I'll make those adjustments. And then I just get their signature right there and deposit. So.
0: How much time are you cutting down out of this whole est- bidding and estimating process
2: then? Uh, so I used to be on the road uh, five days a week. And I was doing somewhere between seven to yeah, I would say five to eight, nine appointments a day. So I was literally on the road, you know, all day long. I mean, just all day long. Now I can, you know, I can book Zoom meetings in 20 to 30 minute blocks. I mean, I could go through and sitting at my desk, rip through Zoom meetings in no time at all um so now you know it takes that all that time I I mean I was on the road probably 40 hours a week um but it takes it down to where it's like you know now I'm probably only on the road a couple hours but it's it's not about you know a lot of people I think one of the tenants that I live by is it's not about your activity it's about your productivity you know that time I'm spending on the road out of necessity um you know is going to be very productive time so that's the way I you know it's helped me out a ton
0: So is this something you could see, let's say this is all past this, God, knock on wood. Uh, Is this something that you could, you're going to bring into the future?
2: Is this part of your business plan from now on? Or what do you think? I hope so. I do hope so. I mean, I'm always, you know, I'm a, I try to, I guess, hang my head on being innovative, Um, but it all depends on, you know, customers, right? It it just, you got to adapt to whatever the customer wants right now. You know, the way we describe it to them, they're excited about, because they're like, okay, great. I don't have to expose myself to this person who's going in five, six houses, 10 houses a day, meeting whoever, right? Um, So right now it works. I'm hoping that I can keep it going, but we're just going to have to see what the customer demands in the future, right?
1: How how are your Zoom hits doing? Out of your Zoom meetings, you said once you get on the job, you're up to 100% close rate, but what about your Zoom meetings? You hitting hit hit 50 of those or 50%? Yeah, I
2: would say it's probably about 50%. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's amazing that you can eliminate that much time and travel.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm being facetious in this. I mean, I don't close hundred percent of the jobs I go see, but it's, it's very well, high. I mean, it's yeah. really, it's ridiculously high, you know, no, like and then, you said though,
1: you've taken five days off of the road and turned it into a couple of hours.
2: That's, right. Yeah. It's like basically I could be on the road one full day, you know, and then have those extra four days to be in the office, taking care of all the stuff that they need to do.
0: So I think this would be scary to a lot of guys. I know it would be me, Joe, because um you know my uh your my... face
1: for radio is that great well, p- 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 <laughs> part that of the, the scary yes, part yes <laughs>
0: i'd have to have somebody else and lip, have them lip sync you know with me behind them. but but my my fear is that i get to the job is something that i didn't think it was going to be that there was a surprise but you say you eliminate that and you you uh, as you get there you adjust the estimate uh, once you get to the job site
2: yeah i mean i you know you just explain it to the client on the front end when you're when you're in the zoom meeting you say hey i'm gonna send you a a rough proposal we'll meet in person if everything looks good and then if there's any changes to the job if something is not the way they represented it i mean it's not like you have to commit to them just because you sent them a bid you could you could just walk if i mean i haven't i haven't really had that happen you know it's small stuff you know next thing you know you're at the most of them are you're at the thing and it you know gives you actually an opportunity to kind of upsell you know, because I'll walk into the bid and go, hey, uh, you got these vents over here. Why don't we replace those with flush mounts?" And maybe they don't think about that. Or, hey, this shoe molding is really old. Um, you know, let's replace the shoe molding or something. So gotcha. those are the things I really run into. Okay. Oh, other than like, you know, and then I'll ask them, you know, on the, even if during the Zoom meeting, I'll say, hey, do you have any, you know, spots that could be problematic, right? Like, dark areas where you know it's they have an animal or something you know you want to ask them about that during the zoom meeting can you show me that on the phone you know that kind of thing okay so um so
0: now here the other challenge is you're going into you know somebody's home at at this time and it's their sanctuary and it's you know there there's people that they don't know are coming into their 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 home and that can be scary for a lot of people And how do you, do you have that discussion about your guys and, 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 you know, what's, what makes them comfortable and uh, that type of deal going into this?
2: Sure. Yeah. And even when I go come to the appointment, I tell them, Hey, we're going to meet in person. Um, You know, for us, you know, it's again, by necessity, you know, my, my parents still want to see my kids, right? (laughs) You know, they want to see their grandkids. So we just tell the client like, Hey, listen, we, I would appreciate it if you wore a mask, you know, my, my, parents still see my children and we'd like to keep it that way so I'm gonna wear a mask I'm gonna expect a, you wear a mask and we'll try to stay a certain distance away from one another yeah so and then yeah we talked to them about hey I mean realistically Wayne you know this job especially if you're finishing or when you're in it's loud it's it's smelly you know it's not something where people want to hang around all the time so right. it's a rel it's a relatively socially distanced job in the first place but yeah our guys come in they wear masks You know, but they set up all their stuff and we just talked to the customer about, hey, you know, they're going to make sure that they're staying a distance away from you.
1: When you Uh, go out and look at the jobs, have you had anybody uh, push back on not wearing a mask? uh,
2: Not yet. No, not yet. Why? Have you? No, it just seemed that. Would you think there would be?
1: I wouldn't think there would be, especially where you were up front and said, hey, I'm going to wear a mask. I'd like you to wear a mask. But I, I know that there's a lot of people that are really against this mask thing. I mean, you know, I I wear a mask everywhere I go now, so you know, it doesn't bother me. I don't see what the big deal is. But I don't want to get too political here. But boy, there are some people that have been a lot of pushback on wearing it. So I was wondering if you had any. I uh,
2: yeah, I not that I could think of. Really? Well, that's I mean, but great. if at the same time, I mean, if you know, you're wearing your own mask, right? You know, hopefully that's enough. I mean, you know, if somebody really wanted to give me a hard time about it, I'd probably still meet with them. But I think at least, you know, one of the things that Bona talks about, you know, I'm a Bona certified craftsman, right? Um, One of the things you guys preach in your classes is expectations, expectations, expectations. If you set up the right expectations, people will generally follow those expectations or, you know, try to work with you. I think everybody, I don't know, there's, at least in Michigan, there's a little bit, I, I feel like more, uh, of, uh i don't know how to describe it maybe camaraderie about trying to be careful with one another yeah yeah
1: yeah we're uh, finding that in new york i mean new york blew up there for a while uh, that's where i live in uh, the albany area and it, i'm seeing probably 98 of the people out there are wearing masks in stores and around and everybody's doing it and i think a little just doing it out of respect after the time
2: yeah and i think if you're in somebody's home it's uh, maybe it's a little different too you know because they don't want you breathing all up, you know what i mean all over the right. house right that,
0: that brings up another thing i think it, it might be a good idea for contractors now um you know maybe some some homeowners are embarrassed to ask you or don't want to you know i i think it would not be a bad idea if people put on their website or whatever or, or when they talk to people that here's here's what we do you know we wear masks you sanitize the door knobs when we leave or we don't touch the countertops or or what do we need to put your mind at ease you know or if we were to do your floors what would your expectations be just so they know wow this guy really cares about our environment and I just think it might be kind of a nice way to to, to kind of disarm the situation and let people know that hey this guy really cares uh, so oh I think it'd be a pretty pretty good idea
2: yeah I think it's just going to be part of, going forward I think it's just going to be part of your sales call whatever you want to call it part of that process right yep. you're, ju- you're just going to have to work with the client to help them understand um you know i, mean, I don't want any of my guys to get sick right, right. I, and i I've, heaven forbid i don't want one of my guys to infect a client or you know who knows right yeah you yep. know i and this whole thing is crazy
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know we're
2: just trying to do the best we can to like you said put it you put people at ease about hey we're gonna come in, we're gonna be respectful of your house, we're not gonna bang up your walls, we're not gonna do this, we're not gonna do that, we're not gonna you know, trash the place. I think it's just another thing that you're adding in is like a, hey, we care about you and we care about you know, your, your, like you described it, your sanctuary, yeah. your, your home. And another reason, Joe, that, uh, that, I, that I thought it'd be interesting to talk to you is I know you
0: do a lot with social media in mm-hmm. um, five to nine estimates a day in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a time like this, is uh, that's a lot of estimates for a lot of companies. So what do you, what do you, what are you, are you, is there any apps that you're using right now that, that help you in your business or, or I, I know you, you, actually, you got a great website by the way. Congrats on that. I mean, I, I looked at your website, you did a really nice job. Thank you, thank you Wayne.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think from, from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, we're finding most of our leads are coming from either um, just Google reviews or from next door. Like, I don't know how, if you guys ever heard of Nextdoor, like that app, Um, but it's a way of, my wife loves it, Um, but it's a way of, like, say in a neighborhood, you know, uh, you get on there, you sign in or whatever, and you're only really sending messages to people that live in your general vicinity. So they do it based on your home address. So if you want to get, if you, you know, let's say you want to get your floor done or whatever. Um, you would just put on there, Hey, I'm looking for a floor contractor and people will post back and forth, but it's not something like a Facebook where everybody in the world sees it. It's only geographic, it's geographically limited. So we get a lot from uh, next door and it's, it's not even something where we advertise or anything like that. So that, that's one way. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to marketing and you got to, the biggest thing that we get is reviews, right? You got to get reviews. And, um, you know, we, we, Bounce around between you know a number of Angie's List and Yelp and this and that and you know you got to be nimble when it comes to that type of marketing because it seems like over time it changes a lot you know in 2010 we were getting a ton of stuff from Angie's List right but we're really not getting a lot. I don't think people are using that as much mm-hmm. um, you know and then it moved over you know to Yelp for a minute and it seems like you're always kind of chasing it the one I would tell people to really if they're looking for something to focus on would be just Google i don't think google's going anywhere right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, google and amazon aren't going anywhere so i, I would just <laughs> i just ask your clients you know i do it as a standard thing in our um in our you know i send a i'll send an emailed invoice at the end of a project and i just ask them i'll include like a link to uh you know a couple different locations for them to leave a review try to make it easy for them as possible and then you just just say hey if you're happy with the service write a review I mean, I don't care if you're unsatisfied with the search, write a review. Just, you just ask yeah. them to write a review. You know, we we've asked them, Hey, if you're not happy, can you talk to me and see if we can figure something out to try to, you know, make you happy. And then you just, if you're happy, write a review. So I think a lot of guys don't do that. I think they just don't ask. And maybe mentally they just don't feel like they should, or I, I don't know what you think there, but.
1: You know, what you said is just something that people should really think about too. One of the best referrals that my old partner Pete and I had was a final coat didn't look good I mean it just you know things happened and it just didn't come out right and the guy called us up we went back in and looked at I said oh my god sorry this is terrible I don't know what it was but something happened well we redid the floor you know just redid the final coat and everything that testimonial that guy turned out to be because not, we didn't fight with him. We didn't argue about it. We just went in and said, "Wow, this is on us. Let's take care of this," and took care of it. And boy, did that go a long way. So one of the best testimonials we ever had, and a guy who just sold the hell out of us, was from an issue, a problem that we had on the job. But we got in, took care of it really quick, and you know that impressed the hell out of them. So, I know Wayne's never had that issue, but you know,
0: I have no, what no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and some you know my experience, guys. I, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but sometimes you know the, those really, really difficult customers are the ones that will win you a lot of business. Hundred percent. They drive you crazy. I mean, I, you know, it's like I can't tell you how many nights I've stayed up thinking about you know a job here or there. But I mean, we had one, and it was like a condominium complex. We had this lady, and it was like everything I could do to make this woman happy, right? But we made her happy. And then, it, you know, we did a great job and she was happy and whatever. And then you wouldn't believe the number of people in that community that ended up getting, hiring us to do their work. And they, every single one of them said the same thing. If you made so-and-so yeah. happy, this is going to be a cakewalk. Because everybody knows that she was like the one. It's pretty tough. That was the tough one, right? You're like, <laughs> all right, fair enough. So, wow. you know, you got to just, at the end of the day, yeah, you got to do good quality work and, do, you know, I mean, sometimes a customer could be off base. Don't get me wrong; you can't let them walk all over you, but yeah, yeah. you do everything you can to make them happy.
0: Uh, are you Are you spending any money on social media, Joe? Uh,
2: I did for a while. Um, I have I kind of pulled back on that in the last little bit. Um, you know, the the hard part, and kind of going back to the whole asking for referrals or whatever. When it comes to advertising, I mean, you know, you could you could spend a lot of money to get not a lot of jobs, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we've really just kind of worked on trying to do the best quality work we can do and get as many referrals as we can. Yeah. And if if we do that, the work kind of takes care of itself. I just haven't had, I just haven't needed to, that basically.
0: Yeah. I I think some guys get frustrated because they'll spend money on social media without tracking their ROI, uh, what their return on investment is, or they'll take stabs at it, you know, without being consistent. And mm -hmm. so they never know, really, it's kind of disjointed. And they don't really get their message out there or their, or their business, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're what they're all about out there in, in kind of a consistent manner.
2: Um, yeah, I think, I think if you're going to do it, you got to pick one lane and stick with it for a while. You know, you're, you're going to have to understand that it's going to be a process. Like if you want to go build a big Facebook following, right, you're going to have to just, it's going to be a money sink for a while. Mm -hmm. right and you're going to have to try to build it up until it can build a bit of you know critical mass um that's the way you got to do it you can't you can't you know you can't do a little bit here a little bit there a little bit here a little bit there i think you're i personally in my opinion you're better off just picking one thing and trying to concentrate on it for a bit maybe you give it three six months Um, i'm not saying you know you know stay within a budget right but just understand that it's not something you're going to make a big return on right away
0: well, in a, in a lot of these platforms, Joe, is, is that you have to be engaged with it. You can't just put stuff out there like and and people are just going to come to you. I think you also have to be uh, engaged with it, you know, and kind of reach you know, reach out and back and forth to the customers and what have you. I think you see a lot of that on uh, Instagram. I don't know if you do anything on Instagram anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not.
0: You're going to be you're a young guy, but it's going to crack me up because one day you're going to be there's going to be a young kid come around at 22 that when you started. That's gonna be all over the.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's gonna kick my butt, man. Yeah, I I, I I refer to myself as veteran young guy. I'm not that young anymore, yeah. right? <laughs> so there's gonna yeah, there's gonna be some 22 year old that's gonna know how to just kill social media yep. that things that I don't even know. Yeah. Right. That's uh, that's. Well, I hope I hope somebody you know the whole thing is that you want people to succeed, man. Yeah. I exactly. hope somebody gets out there and just blows it up. Yep. So.
0: And, and, and what, what's going to be your big takeaway after all this? Let's say this ended tomorrow and uh, we went through this for a few months and business was disrupted and all kinds of things happened. And and But w- I, you, you want to hope that with any situation that you learn something coming out of it, right? That at least if it was bad for a lot of guys that, okay, so we learned that we, we can streamline our business this way or there, there's, there's changes we can make or well, what are some takeaways that you, you'll come out of this whole thing with?
2: Um. Yeah. I, I mean. I think the biggest one is you, it just the whole. You never know what's going to happen, right? You got to. You got to save for a rainy day. At the end of the day, whatever it takes to squirrel a little bit away. I know. I know it's not easy. I know that you know, wood flooring is not like you know software, right? We don't run at like 43% gross margins, and we're not just swimming in cash. But you know, whatever you could do to put a little nest egg away, away for a rainy day is is going to be critical. Um. You know, that would be one of my major ones. And then, uh, you know, my other one, honestly, was is more personal. It's just how important family is because you just never know what could, you know, this is a, so it's such a weird event, you know. So can I tell you, can I tell you a crazy story, Wayne? Yeah, please do. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's totally anecdotal, like whatever, but. That's fine, that's fine. So I was in, uh, I was actually in Hawaii in February uh, with my wife and we're, we were stopping at a gas station. we with my uh, sister-in-law and, and her husband and there was like i don't know if you guys ever had this happen but there was like this crazy guy who was like pumping his gas right and doing that thing where he was like talking to nobody but talking to everybody at the gas station uh-huh. right and, and you're like you don't want to make eye contact with that guy because you're like oh gosh i don't want to get into like a four-hour conversation with this guy but he was sitting there screaming about how this COVID thing was going to cause the worst recession in american history and so many people were going to die and this is early february Right. I didn't even we were like, what the heck? Wow. So we're we're making fun of this guy in the car when we left. We're like, ah, oh, crazy nuts. Like whatever, whatever that guy, the old guy, that's just out of his mind. Can you believe that guy talking about this COVID thing is going to totally turn the world upside down? Uh, go <laughs> figure that guy was right. <laughs> yeah.
0: I go back and find that guy. And get some stock tips I, on him.
2: I know. I know. I want to. So my wife said the other day, she's like, we need to figure out what the next calamity is. Let's go find that crazy yeah. guy in Hawaii. <laughs> Figure out what he's seeing in his crystal ball. He
1: was probably a congressman, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> not the way he was dressed. He didn't look like one, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. But yeah, I think uh, I think the biggest thing is you just you just never know what can happen. And you know, try to keep uh, I don't know. Try to keep yourself as lean as you possibly can. You know, one of the things, one of the tenets of business is you gotta you gotta stay lean, right? You can't you know yeah. do things to where you're not. I mean, try to not be tied into it. Maybe big contracts, you know, where you can be nimble. I think one of the biggest things be nimble and try to adjust as quickly as possible to changing environment.
1: Yeah, uh, I gotta ask this question. You're you're from Troy, Michigan. Where's Troy, Michigan?
2: Uh, it's like Metro Detroit.
1: Okay, Troy, Michigan, Metro Detroit, but the name of your company is Capilua Floors.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I gotta ask why. Why? Uh, yeah. So when. <laughs> Uh, so actually some of my wife's family, her, my wife's uncle lives on Oahu. Um, but my wife and I went there, you know, I was kind of making a transition in my business. Originally I started the company. as just like JM Harwood Flooring, just my name, whatever LLC. And I, I wanted to do something different. Um, when I was, I guess, becoming more of an adult. <laughs> and so, um, I decided we wanted to re, you know, change the name and we had gone there on our honeymoon and, you know, it just, it's a place where I've always felt like it's home for me. It's a weird thing, I love it there. Um, I, had, uh, I had an interesting experience when I was young. My aunt was going there, my two aunts were going there when I was uh, like 15 years old uh, for my aunt's birthday. And they came to my family and they were like, hey, if any of you kids can save up the money for the airfare, which I think at the time was like 600 bucks, we'll take you with us. Well, I cut grass, did chores, they gave us like a year to save up the money and I was the only one that saved up the money and got to go. <laughs> Uh, to Hawaii, so for me it was like a, a formative experience of like understanding how to like be disciplined, right? Think long term, save for the future. I think it formed a lot of the things that have you know be persistent, right? Um, a lot of the things that have helped me be you know reasonably successful in business. I learned through that experience, and so it's kind of like a little homage to that uh, time in my life and to you know my my wife and stuff. So it's a and it's fun. It's different, right? Well, it's a, it's a totally different kind of thing, you know. It's a,
0: great, it's a great name because, uh, you know, it's an easy one to remember, you know, and it's, so you don't know, how, especially in Michigan, right? Know, right, what
2: the hell? Yeah, so, yeah, people, customers I, are always like, Yeah, I got your name from so and so. They were like, Yeah, just look up some Hawaiian wood flooring mm-hmm. company and they'll come up, <laughs> like, all right. Well, it's better than nothing. That's fine. I looked up
1: the word Kapalua, the meaning of it, and the meaning of Kapalua is it print? Am I pronouncing it right? Kapalua, it's Kapalua kapalua
2: yeah yeah that's a
1: meaning is arms that embrace the sea yeah the funny part is when i'm reading all this and hearing you with your kids you and my son should get together and talk a little bit he's about the same age same situation same age kids his wife is a nurse she does the insurance and he named his company riparian floors and i was like, what the hell what is riparian and he's like, oh, it's uh, it's where the water meets a, a river bank or something like that. So I was like, oh, well, how about riverside floors? And he's like, no.
2: Yeah. Not That's riparian. riparian. That's riparian floors, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> yep. That's so
1: awesome. I, I love that you guys are thinking of cool names rather than Bob's Floors. Right, right. And it, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to any of the Bob's right, Floors out right there. Now guy,
0: right now there's a guy named Bob. Like, what the hell? yeah yeah, yeah well, I'm exactly
1: just, trying to, just I'm trying to make a living this name. turning these guys off yeah well I just well that was the name of my floor company there for a while too so that's why i said it, yeah course. yeah mine
2: was jm harbor flooring just you know my initials but we just decided you know, to make a change what 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 would be some,
0: some some sage words of advice from now that you're an old man with, with kids and oh, how old are you Joe? don't
2: say that don't say I'm 40 I'll, I'll be 40 in November
0: so. oh wait a minute I gotta I gotta say something too I think you were in the first class of 40 under 40s weren't you
2: that was yeah 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 it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah the end of a class yeah yeah congratulations on that by the way yeah thanks man thanks I appreciate it yeah, yeah barely right. I snuck in under the wire yeah. two years ago <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> no uh, yeah so gosh my younger self what would I tell him ooh that's a man that is a great question uh, that's a really that's a thought provoking one, Wayne. Um, I would probably tell that guy to focus on improving your skills as much as you can at first. Get real good at what you do. That would be the first thing. You, you, none of this works if you don't do quality work. None of it. It's all Kapalua, The marketing, social, it's all garbage unless you learn how to be very good at doing wood flooring, you know, use the, I mean, some of the tools now that you have with, you know, Bonatrain. train, none of this stuff existed when I was, you know, 22 in 2002, you know, it's like I, you just do, I would pick people's brains. And the other thing I probably say is don't be afraid to um, tr- try to find a mentor, right? Be a good person and try to find someone that you can, you know, learn from, because that was one of the big things. I, I was always just very um, hungry for knowledge. I would ask people questions and I, I just didn't care. You know, I, I wasn't, don't be intimidated. You know, the one thing that's great about the wood flooring industry and I, the one thing I did when I was 22 is I was so afraid to go talk to somebody that was successful, right? I was like, oh man, I don't want to, you know, that guy, you know, he's got some big company and, um, you know, I'm just this young little guy and don't really know anything. But the great thing about the wood flooring industry is it's, it's very collaborative. You know, the guys that have been through the ringer, you know, I've, Wayne, you taught me a ton of stuff, you know, and I, you know, thank you, by the way, I, I really appreciate it for any, you know, I would have to, I would call Wayne and ask him different questions, but yeah, if you. I'm still waiting for Rob to thank me, but go, go continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't be afraid to to talk, you know, if you get to the NWFA conference or the Bona conference, go up to some of those guys that have bigger, bigger companies and ask them how they did it. And they'll share that knowledge with you. They'll, they'll tell you, hey, this is what I did. You know, this is how you do this or that. And, and you know, bring a notebook and write stuff down. You know, don't, yeah. don't try to commit yourself. You're going to be committed to memory. But yeah, I would say if I was to give advice, those would be the two things. Learn from the people that have walked in the shoes before. Don't set your ego aside, right? Don't try to be the smartest guy in the room and just shut your mouth and let, you know, ask people questions, shut your mouth and just let them answer and those nuggets will just come out. They'll just you, they'll just come out, and you'll learn more that way than you will ever you know read from a, a book or whatever. You know that practical knowledge is, is uh, uh, it's it's just amazing.
0: I couldn't agree more on the on the mentor thing too. I think I tell you, I've I I know some very successful floor guys that all have mentors that have that have helped him along. The way. And I'm not talking about relatives or or whatever. there's people that they reached out to and they were willing to to share their knowledge with them. And you look, you talk about, you know, Rob always talks about this in the school, you know, how much of your learning curve can we cut out so you can start being profitable. And I think finding a mentor and guys are so, like you said, you can't be, I can't agree with you more, Joe. Uh, People are willing. And I, in fact, I talked to older guys that would love to share their knowledge with people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and so, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You do something else that, uh, that has always impressed me about you, Joe, because, um, uh, whenever I talk to you, as hard as you work, I can tell you always make family time. Um, and and that's important too. And and I, I've, I've said this many times in this podcast, I've been very guilty of not being able to shut it off and, and carve out family time, working through vacations and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's probably more important than people realize, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think just getting that time away to take a break and recharge your battery is critical. You know, even if it's just a Sunday, you know, you don't have to go on some crazy vacation, right? I yeah. mean, even if you just set it down, you know, it's going to be there. You know, the world. I mean, you know, I look at it, hey man, there's no emergencies in the wood flooring industry. There really isn't like, it's just hardwood, you know, even though people try to make it out, like it's something I mean, you know, like you get those calls from customers who are freaking out and I get it. It's their house and they're, you know, it's precious to them. They're spending good money. You have to respect that. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to take the time for yourself, for your family. And, you know, if you can get a break and come back and look at it with a fresh perspective, because you just don't want to burn yourself out at the end of the day. You know, you can't keep spinning that wheel, be on that hamster wheel all the time.
0: And and one of the other things I wanted to ask you, Joe, so when you're starting a business and it's exciting, right? Because, you know, especially your kid, a little bit of money is exciting because, you know, you don't have any money, you're starting out. So that's easy to get excited at that point and you start, you're buying equipment and that's exciting. But now 10 years, 15 years into the business, what keeps you excited about this business and what makes you, you know, like being part of the flooring industry? And, and uh, what, what challenges are out there
2: for you yet to come and, and what keeps you motivated? Um, I think at the end of the day, it's the thing that got me in the business in the first place is the fact that it's just this crazy puzzle it seems that you can never really solve. It's like a, I don't know what to say about it. It's like, there's always something, right? I mean, as much experience as you have, yeah, yeah. there's always something you're like, how did that happen? How did this finish coat do that? Or how did that stain do that? Or why did that wood do that? Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, I'm, I'm, a um, I'm really driven by knowledge. Like I just, I've always been really hardcore about learning. And so I don't know, it's always those weird events that you're like, I try to, I look at flooring like a, like a science experiment. Right, and in a lot of in a lot of ways, it really is if you think about it, because you're taking these components and you're kind of putting them together, and you have to develop a system to do it in a way to where it's repeatable. Right, very yeah. similar to a science experiment. But there's always those outliers that you're like, I don't get it, I don't get it. And it's <laughs> right. I mean, you've been stuff. I you guys have to agree with me, right? There's just times yeah, where like I do just don't we get always it.
1: do just blame it on the dew point. <laughs> just blame the dew
2: points. That's that's good. <laughs> That's a good no. one for all you
1: listeners out there. You got an issue? No, right at the dew point. Bo- yeah, baffle everybody with that, and you're you're home free, baby. You know, it's it's so
0: funny though. You're right. I mean, you could go on for like a month, and everything's clicking, man. You got this figured out, and your jobs are humming, and everything. And all of a sudden, something comes out of left field, and then it, they to me they come in threes, you mm-hmm. know. And and then you know, then you go on again. Then then you're running smooth, and everything's going like it's supposed to. But yeah, you're right. It's a That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you have
2: this hit where you're like, how in the heck did I just have two or three jobs go bad in a row? I'm doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not changing. I don't think I'm changing anything. Yeah. That's where you get back and you go, okay, what happened? How did this go? What did you do here? And you try to, you know. Get it back on track. Get it back on track. Yeah, yeah. It's a a weird experience. I love it, though. I, I love it and I hate it. Right. (laughs) I
0: I, I, I can tell you you do. I can tell how passionate you are. And when you talk about I've talked to you when you in the past, you talk about your customers and how important they are to you and your business and your and your and your guys that you work around. And uh, so uh, I really appreciate you making the time for this, Joe. I, 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 you know, and I've never told you this before, but I'll share it with you now. Uh, You know, part of my territory used to be Michigan. And uh, as I would be up there and I'd be talking to different guys, your name would come up through if you are a distributor or from another contractor. And so I just stored it away, you know, then um, a little bit later on and name would come up and I, again, I go, who's that Hawaiian dude again? Yeah. All right. right." So I, I, but your name came up so often that uh, is the reason why I first uh, reached out to you because I thought, well, I got to find out who this guy is and uh, uh, getting to know you a little bit and your energy and your passion for this business and your business acumen and uh, and you're always want, wanting to learn, and you're, you're And I know with social media, you're on the you're you're on the forefront of it. Seems to me anyhow. This old guy, so I appreciate you you making the time for us today and uh, and share a little bit of your experience with us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Wayne. I appreciate uh, you yeah. having me on there. It's very kind words, man. I it means a lot to me, buddy. So and I appreciate all the things you've done for me over the years. It's been uh, it's been great working. With you. Uh, that's what a partnership's all about. Right. There are a lot of guys that, that are
0: fantastic. I mean, some of the best floor guys you'll ever meet in your life, man. I mean, they're, they're scary skilled, but, uh, on that side of the business, maybe you don't, don't, um, and you know, I always think it's, if, you know, let's face it, we don't all have skills in every department. Right. So right. you, you play to your strong suit to me, you know, whatever yeah. you're good at, like we know some people in this business that don't know anything about hardwood floors and they're some of the most successful people in this business. So I think what you don't know, what isn't your skill set. Uh, don't be afraid. First of all, don't, you know, some people don't want to go open that door because they don't know what they don't want to know what the answer is. Yeah, so I, th- I think if you don't have a skill set in, in an area, uh, find someone that does that, that you can work with, like an accountant.
2: Yeah. Do you ever, uh, you ever heard of that? Like uh, what's that thing called? It's called a four box, right? You ever go through that exercise where you go no. through like the things that you're good at, the things that you like to do. So you, you take a sheet of paper out, right? This is something I do, I, I, I used to do all the time. I, I haven't done actually I haven't done it in a while. Probably should put it on my to-do list. Um, but you take like a, a, just a blank sheet of paper. You write like, make it like four boxes, right, um, on it. And you write, you know, in the box, like on the top, you would write things that I'm good at, right, on the left-hand side, and then things I'm not good at on the right. Then as you go down the page, like in the, that first box going kind of down, you would write, um, things that I like to do, and then things that I don't like to do. Right? Then on a separate sheet of paper, you write everything that you do in your business. Okay? okay. And then what I would recommend you do is take all that crap and put it in one of those four boxes. Right? So things that you're good at, things that you like to do, things that you're good at, you don't like to do, things that you're not good at, that you don't like to do, things that you're not good at, that you, you like to do. Right? Did I say that right? Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 I'm with yep. you. Okay, I got it so, written down. Yeah, yeah tr- so try have to... Wayne
1: do. I'm gonna have Wayne do that as soon as we're done with the show. Oh, I, I, I,
0: I, I had already written ice cream on the on the good side. Is that is
1: that right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So the then, problem is on all four boxes, Wayne just wrote good at, good at, good at. Right, good right, at. <laughs> He's good at
2: everything. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. So then what you do is put all your all those tasks that you do in your business in one of those four boxes, and then decide the thing. You know, the things that you don't like to do. Um, that you're not good at, just outsource them to somebody. And if, if accounting falls in there, put it in there, right? Hire an accountant, hire a bookkeeper, yeah. hire somebody to do it for you. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a weird guy. I married a banker, right? So, I mean, we started dating when we were 23, 24. So she taught me accounting. I didn't know crap about accounting when I was, you know, a young kid. So I, I learned accounting from my wife, which was ridiculous, but it worked out for me. Um, but anyway, yeah. So if you want to learn accounting, learn accounting, but it's critical for you to know your numbers. If you don't know, the best thing that I um, got out of it for me was if you know your numbers, when that customer comes to you and says, Hey, can you give me a 5% discount or a 10% discount? Or I, can you do it for, I know your quote was 4,000, but can you do it for 3,500? In your mind, what I used to do was I would say, Oh yeah, I could do it for that. Cause I just wanted the work. Now, if you, This is two different scenarios. I mean, if you need to work, take the work, right? But you need to know whether or not that work's going to be profitable or not. The big thing there is then it gives you a sort of a, in your mind, a leg to stand on when a customer's asking you for a discount, because you know how that's going to affect your bottom line, right? And you know, there's a break-even point where you're now paying that customer to do a job, right? And if you don't know those numbers, I mean, you, you know, what are you doing? I mean, the whole point of owning a business is, you know, we all want to do great work, but the point of owning a business is making a profit. At the end of the day, man, I want to, I want to buy nice stuff just like everybody else. Yeah. And if I don't know how to make money, I can do all the beautiful floors in the world, but you need to know how to make money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah.
0: What, what are you calling that exercise again? What did you call it? Floor box?
2: Yeah, the four, four box. Floor box.
0: Floor box. Gotcha. Okay.
2: Yeah. Number four box. Okay. Yeah. I could send you a template if you want, Wayne.
0: I'll have you yeah yeah no i think we have
2: trouble with a box yes yeah, squares. Yeah. <laughs> i think square that square
1: is equal four i'll show you how to divvy right. that up later
2: <laughs> i described that right did you think in that sorry i'm just kind of cutting off here but it's like this right you got what i'm saying like like looks like yeah like i got that. you and, okay yeah, i just want yeah, to make sure yeah. when people hear yeah. it that they they can yeah, I didn't I, like misspeak or something weird. Yeah, no, I was
0: just wondering if someone can Google it if they didn't. Uh, uh, so what oh, you that name
2: right? I'm trying to remember what that might have been from like the four hour work week or I don't remember where I picked that up uh, from. But it was fun, some trying to training. OK, interesting. So I, I learned that. I don't know what it, I don't know.
1: But yeah, it's great. It's great. You could do it with anything to put that in my training now. And I'll probably take credit that I invented it, too. So
0: yeah, man. we you have go. the
1: podcast it works to prove, for me to
0: yeah.
1: prove that you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rob johnson four square yeah yeah, yeah.
2: all right well listen that, that that's a good one i mean i that would be a great one to do for most people but they got to know what they're if they're making
0: a hundred percent and then and you you know well here's the thing joe this work is too hard this isn't a hobby you need to get paid and you need to get paid handsomely for this this work uh so it is important that guys uh you know uh get paid for their services the way they want they, at least what they think they are yeah a lot of guys are not making what they probably think that they're making so good point yep joe it's been a pleasure man there's a lot of great information i I appreciate you coming on and uh best of luck to you and success and uh congrats on your two little kids there that's exciting nice
2: meeting you joe yeah nice meeting meeting you as well you guys uh thank you for having me on man it's been fun
0: yeah likewise so this has been another episode of on the floor with wayne and rob please stay tuned for another episode